We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a beat poet. Name, name your, name your price, ah. A tool, an idea, an inspiration to do more than just say what you want to pay. Oh, no, but to see the options that could fit your budget. Steve. Steve, enough bongos. Find car insurance that fits your budget at Progressive.com. Makes me want to dance. Steve! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by Mondogold.com, your premier destination for daily fantasy soccer. Head over to Mondogold.com and enter code ROTO for a 200% bonus on your first deposit. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, at Sports by Gotti on Twitter. I am joined, as always, by Andrew Laird at Lairdino. And you may have noticed. Rotowire, that- Andrew. What did I say? Lairdino. I just call you Lairdino. It is at Rotowire, Andrew. It's a new season. I'm in mid. I'm in a new season form. <laughs> And still working on your fitness here. I'm still working on my match day fitness, my match podcast fitness, if you will. Uh, you may have noticed in our intro that there's something slightly different. We got sponsored by Mondogol. Thank you so much to Mondogol. And Andrew, what's the nicest gift anyone has ever given you? Is it anything better than Cristiano Ronaldo gifting a Greek island to his already fantastically rich agent? I've had so many conversations about this story. Mostly because I think the first one was he paid between five and forty, uh, five million and forty million euros, and it's like that's a pretty big jump. And I kind of would believe that Ronaldo would buy a five million euro island, but I didn't believe forty-five million. I have no islands. I'm still waiting for you to get me mine for our shared shared birthday. Uh, I was just I was going to say you know yours is going to be more along the lines of the you know what they refer to normally as. As a deserted island, so <laughs> right. maybe like a five euro island, and you may have to consider what you're going to bring there. But right. and it's gone, other, gone yeah. during high tide, and <laughs> exactly, exactly, and it's only available during low tide. <laughs> Enough nonsense. It's the real season, Andrew. It's happening tomorrow. Premier League season comes back at seven forty-five in the morning. We are going to be whipping through the league later on in the podcast. But before we get there, we had our final experts draft. It, which the, it's a team I already do not like. It is our <laughs> Taga teams, our play, uh, and the guys at Taga, we, uh, and a couple other guys around the industry, we had an expert uh, draft for the season-long game, and it was a, a traditional snake draft. I had the seventh overall pick, and you had the eighth overall pick. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> basically, I don't know if anyone really loves their team because it's a bunch of experts, and we're all pretty good at this, but... Andrew, your reactions just initially to this draft. Mine was thrown off completely by my first pick that I had uh, mentioned on Twitter earlier in the day uh, who are basically asking who was better, Raheem Sterling or Memphis Depay. And I got kind of a 50-50 response. Like there was no over... People were passionate on both sides and very little of it had to do with Memphis. It was more like... Sterling is is in the perfect situation. He's going to flourish, or it was Sterling's not that good, and so it has to be Memphis, which isn't like a great argument in my opinion. And I eventually found myself on the Sterling side, and then I started convincing myself that Sterling is essentially the greatest player in the world, and I took him with the eighth with the eighth pick, and immediately regretted it particularly when he slotted into my team as a forward and not a midfielder, which I've done that like three times in Taga drafts where I was like, I got really passionate about a guy, took him and then forgot to look before what position he was. So I, uh, in a draft that got weak on midfielders very quickly, I thought I had a great one and, and didn't. And so I felt like the whole draft was just garbage after that. (laughs) Yeah, it was tough for me too. Uh, I'm surprised that at seven, Diego Costa was still there. People are probably worried about the horse placenta shortage mm-hmm. in London. But 
you know, that was good. And then everything else went off the rails in the second round because a guy who I feel is crap in Philippe Coutinho, he was still there in the second round. And I was going to take Depay or Firmino, but Coutinho was still there. Coutinho's a, uh, he's a Taga beast. Yeah. So that helps. I think on the flip side, Costa doesn't do a lot in the peripheral stats that it hits him a little bit on target. Like he doesn't create a lot of chances and um, trying to think of what else they, uh, he doesn't create a lot successful, of successful, you know, he doesn't cross, he doesn't, yeah, but he still scored 20 goals. Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. I mean, he, yeah. he's still an elite player, but I think that that throws it off a little bit. And so, yeah. and what, what, another thing that threw me off is, you know, people were banging a especially at the Taga table when during the experts ranking summit, you know, people were banging on me because of how much I liked, uh, like the guys like Troy Deeney or uh, some of the lower yep. lower level team guys, and all of a sudden they're getting taken in very early rounds. And yes. just you know, hashtag just saying. I, I found the just as you said the the promoted guys definitely have been moving up in drafts, and even uh, you know guys that we haven't really seen much for like your boy Patrick Bamford. Uh he went fifty eighth overall, which is ahead of Wilfred Boney, ahead of Theo Walcott. You know, yeah. these are uh, and now, Alexander and, Mitrovich and, if you're talking about new guys and now that Connor Wickham is there. I was like, now I'm off. And now I'm off Patrick Bamford. Yeah, it's I own him in the in the EFs the draft, paid twenty five dollars for him. Yeah. It's you know, things happen. Right, and, and, then, and, and this was this was a big thing. Yeah, and uh, speaking of Deeney, Deeney went fifty, and Callum Wilson went one before him, and it's just you know th- those guys went. The fact that those guys went before uh, Boney and Walcott. I mean, if you're talking upside, I, I don't think those guys have the upside that Boney and Walcott do. Obviously, there's playing time issue, potential playing time issues there, but um, I don't know. Fi- top fifty for both of those guys is. Uh, pretty aggressive i think yeah and guys who i normally target in every draft like tyrone mings and yeah. tyrone mings was number 125 which yeah. you know in a 12 team uh in a 12 team draft you know that's in the you know right in the 10th round yeah that's just that that's when i start to think about defenders not <laughs> you know and then uh simon francis who's actually probably a better bet when 155 mm-hmm. and that's like in the 12th round and yeah that's you know those are guys who I try to pick up at the end of drafts and they're even the lower level guys they're moving up. Yeah, the, there was a lot, or the, excuse me, there wasn't uh, a lot of playing it safe in term. You know, there, it, this felt like an upside draft that a lot of these guys with a lot of question marks yeah. went much earlier than um, others. That I got, um, and I I really dislike Jesus Navas as a player, but there was a point where. When I took him, I took him 80th overall. But at the time, I think he had, uh, he was, a, I think he was a top 10, or maybe he was certainly a top 10 Taga midfielder last year because yeah. he sends in crosses, which you know, creates chances. Like he gets stuff like that. He got a decent amount of assists. And there was a point where I think he had something like 120 Taga points more than the next best available midfielder. And the gap was just too big that I was like, I really dislike him. But that's just too many points to give up. Yeah, and so it, I had to take is. him, and it's like I hate seeing him on my team. But I, but at that point, I had to. Juan Mata is another one that I was never. I'm not really that high on, 
just because that midfield's so crowded. Like he seems to have a spot in it right now, but you just never know when, you know, Schweinsteiger's healthy and, uh, you know, just yeah. how they end up playing together. It, it's possible he just, you know, like we saw last year, maybe Fellaini actually fits better than some other guys. And so I didn't really love that. And just they're my forwards. I'm very comfortable with because I let's just let's just go through our team. Yeah, so sure. let's, let's start with uh, let's start with our back our back uh, our back players, so goalkeepers and defenders. Um, so for me, I took a I took a risk. Uh, well, not really a risk. It was the last round of the draft, and I still didn't draft a single goalkeeper. True to my style. Yeah, and <laughs> I took uh, David de Gea because he was still there. And he's still on Manchester United, guys. He so, is. And he, he will not be playing tomorrow. I yes, I understand that. So I've had <laughs> to make, I've already had to make a, a, an acquisition, and I dropped my favorite pick of the draft, my second to last pick, who was Peter Odom Wingy, just because I love the name Odom Wingy. But I had to drop him for Wayne Hennessy because Wayne Hennessy plays against Norwich, who may not score a ton of goals, and he's going to play. So did he's going to be did my you really goalie. Mean to draft Odom Wingy? Yes, I actually okay. did. Because that popped up, and I was like, "Oh, he must have just left." No, no, Peter Odom Wingy. People forget, you know, because he had a really, really bad knee injury. Yes, he did. He's been out for, you know, for a better part of two years now because he missed almost all of last season. Um, he's really good. Yeah, he's he's big. He's he, he's pretty quick, and he's got a good foot on him. And he, I, I mean, I think he can take that job from Mama Juve. I really do. And with Boyan on one side, and Affili potentially on another. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you may get some chances at Stoke Alona, <laughs> so or Barca North, mm-hmm. or Barca Northeast, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, but no, I think there's. A, I mean, anyway, he's a really deep sleeper. Don't don't pick him up in uh, in Mondal goal, for example, uh, unless you really know something that no one else does. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till he proves it on the pitch. I'm not sure Mark Hughes is picking him up. No, probably not. But uh, anyway, Wayne Hennessy is in goal. And my three defenders that I'm going to start this week are Nacho Monreal from Arsenal, Kyle Naughton from Swansea, an old favorite from last season, and my new favorite for this season, Micah Richards. Mm-hmm. And someone who I want to start but can't because he's facing his parent club is Carl Jenkinson of West Ham, mm-hmm. who's in your back four and maybe some bench players too. I drafted Stecklenburg. Right after you took Odom Wingy, <laughs> um, he was my second to last pick, and then I t- used my last pick on Tim Howard. So I went with the two goalie set, and I drafted three defenders, all of whom or two of whom have legitimate playing time issues, which worries me a little bit. The first one was Alexander Kolarov, who is a f- phenomenal fantasy player and not a great defender which is the reason why Gael Clichy, who is also not a great defender, plays over him. Uh, but, you know, he was taking free kicks last year, sends in a ton of balls from the wing, so I think he at least has some upside. I took Antonio Valencia, who I don't understand. Valencia and Ashley Young played the exact same position last year, just on the other side of the field, and yet Valencia was so quickly moved to a defender, and Young is still a midfielder. I'm not sure why... Anyone can differentiate the two in terms of play, but I'll take Valencia happily as a defender. I wouldn't touch him as a midfielder. And my last one is Ashley Williams, who uh, in Taga at least is much more valuable because he gets a ton of interceptions and clearances and uh, tackles. So 
he can really pile up the points. The fear that you have is that he gets transferred out of Swansea. There have been rumors right. for years now. For that years. He's on the move. Right. Especially the, to Arsenal. The, the longer the rumors go, the more comfortable I am because it's like if it's 10 years of rumors then and he hasn't moved yet, I think I'm fine. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it's possible he ends up at a better situation. Arsenal's not it because I don't think he plays enough there. But, but anyway, those those, those were it. I, I'll, I've stuck myself into having to play a 3-4-3 or a 3-5-2 because I don't have a fourth defender. So mm. if one of those guys is not playing, I'm going to put up a fat zero somewhere. All right. And, uh, well, where you won't have any fat zeros is in your midfield, so go on with your midfield. Yeah, the guys I'm starting are uh, Mata, Jesus Navas, Jason Punchin, and John Joe Shelby, which I... Oh. Yeah. John Joe. Uh, John Joe. Uh, I will probably change that because the midfielders I have on, I have three midfielders on the bench in uh, Jordan Ibe, who I think if he starts, I'll definitely put him in. I agree. Um, I have Juan Cuadrado, who absolutely will not start, but if he does, I'd probably put him in. And uh, Jorginho Wijnaldum from Wijnaldum. Uh, Wijnaldum. It's a silent the silent J. Wijnaldum. It's a soft J, like Yogging. Okay. So I have him as well. And I like his prospects. I don't like them against Southampton in week one. So that's why he's on my bench. Gotcha. All right. For me, I'm starting the aforementioned Felipe Felipe Coutinho. I have Oscar, who apparently nobody likes anywhere. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird how absolutely nobody likes him. Remember, he is the number 10 in Chelsea and at the beginning of the season at least they were a barnstorming team and it didn't even seem like the Juventus rumors were really that like legitimate like I feel like once you see a picture of him like in a Italian airport doesn't even have to be in Turin then you're like oh he's going but like there was never any thought of it there was nothing from his side saying yeah because because no one in England wants to get out of England during the summer yeah I guess (laughs) exactly all right, uh, yeah, so I have uh, Oscar, Philippe Coutinho, and then I have also Andre Ayew, who apparently always seems to wind up on my team yeah, no matter what the format. Yeah, he's a midfielder that scores goals, <laughs> and he can also tackle. It's, it, 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 especially with peripheral stats, he's yeah, a great in this, player. In this league, it'll be good. Yeah, uh, and he can, also, he can create too. So it's just it's a really good fit. And Swansea tend to know what they're doing in terms of bringing in the uh, new players from other leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, case in point, Michu, for one. Yeah. Or Bo, yeah, or Bo, Boney, uh, Gomi last year. Yeah. Uh, they they do they do good things down. Uh, uh, sorry, over there in Wales. And I also have Christian Atsu starting this week mm-hmm. because I hope he starts. But if he doesn't start, I have two possibles on the bench. I have Fabian Delft, the new signing of Manchester City. I think he's going to be out too. Yeah, well, yeah, he has an injury. Uh, he's fifty fifty. Yeah, and then. He has a hamstring. I have a. I, I need so much horse placenta on this team with Diego Costa and <laughs> Fabian Delph. It's not even fair. Mm. Um, too bad I didn't buy stock. And I also have Rolando Aaron's, another young player who I absolutely love uh, on Newcastle. It's gonna be. I, it may be tough for him to get a game consistent game time with all the signings that Newcastle have made. Uh, but I, I mean, he. Whenever he did play last year, he was really s- sparkling. Yeah, you never know. I mean, the him and Jordan Ibe, I put on the same plane. Yeah. I think I, I completely agree. I kind of put Atsu there too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They, just, they need to get a game, but I think at Bournemouth, Atsu has a better chance of playing time than at, even Aaron's at Newcastle. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, 
my forwards because I apparently because uh, this is where I actually feel like I've done very well in this draft. So I have Costa, who I picked in the first round. I have Saito Barahino of of West Bromwich Albion and possibly of Tottenham, if you believe the rumors. Uh, I also have Poppy Cisse of Newcastle. Two Newcastle players wow. on my team. I don't understand how that happened. Um, however, you know when Poppy Cisse plays, he tends to score goals. That's yep, that, yep. It, it just the ball seems to wind up off his foot or off some body part into the into the back of the net. And then backing them up, I have a fourth striker. His name is Ricky Lambert. He also plays for West Bromwich Albion and. If he and Barahino play at the same time, there's definitely a chance that I'll start them both. Uh, and if Barahino moves on, I'll definitely be starting them both because Barahino is going to start wherever he goes. And Ricky Lambert is Ricky Lambert. He's just the perfect fit in a, in a Tony Pula system. You think Barahino starts at Tottenham? Yeah, I think they would play both him and Kerry Kane up front because they've done that in the, at England as well, Team England. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Your forwards. Yeah, I started with Sterling in round one. I took Lukaku in round two, right before you took. Um, who did you take in your second round? Oh, Coutinho. Mm-hmm. And you IM me immediately saying you wanted Lukaku, which made me feel better. Thank you for that. Well, I mean, I did offer you a trade. Coutinho you did. For Lukaku. Right. I just stopped talking to you. Um, I've got Wilfred Boney in there now because I was fully convinced he was going to start because Aguero wasn't ready from Copa America. Not only is Aguero ready for Copa America, he's probably going to start. He has some sort of illness, but he's probably going to play. What's weird to me is that he's going to play, but like Zabaleta and Dimichelis, who were his teammates at Copa America, are like nowhere close to match fit. So, I think uh, I think they were referring to you know the slang version of ill. <laughs> right. Hardly. He's got, he, he's got that illness of being really talented. That's right. And my sole backup forward is Connor Wickham who I can't remember. He was pretty heavily linked with Crystal Palace at the time, but wasn't there yet. In fact, he's still listed as Sunderland here, but he now plays for Crystal Palace. And if he starts ahead of Bamford or with that's Bamford... Far, that's 12 to 15 goals yeah. if there's a sole striker. Yeah. Or it's... Glenn Murray, who is now trying to get out. He may get out today, who knows. But uh, I kind of like the upside of Wickham, particularly since I know Sterling and Lukaku are going to start, but Boney, I, I don't, so... Um. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that sounds great. All right, those are our target teams. At least I don't really like mine. Uh, I'm sure I'll be making a ton of changes as we go forward, but I don't think anyone really crushed it in the draft because we're all pretty good at this. So, um, yeah, you're not finding any sleepers in, in an yeah. draft. Yeah, so. yeah, especially when uh, Tyrone Mings goes in the tenth round. Right. So you know, no sleepers there. All right, though, uh, we need to do our whip around the league because we have games this weekend. I'm so excited. I've been Finally. waiting for this for months. And we get started with the marquee game of the weekend, the kickoff classic, which they do at lunchtime in England. It's, uh, the, it's 7.45 on the East Coast. It's Manchester United, the 160 million pound spending Manchester United at home at Old Trafford against Spurs, a team that is going to be good, but no one likes to talk about them. <laughs> so let's talk about them. Yeah, the, this is a matchup that you wouldn't hesitate playing attacking players last year. I mean, United had a, a decent number of clean sheets, but they're not locked tight defensively. We still don't really know who's going to start back there. 
I'm guessing it's some kind of combination of Smalling and uh, Phil Jones. Jones. Yeah. And then there was all this talk about Daly Blind playing left back. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. Marcos Rojo still isn't match fit. So he's that's one less person that Blind has to worry about. Luke Shaw could play out there. Um, Valencia and Young need to get on the field. There's just a lot of questions. Well, so. they don't need to get on the field, but well, they're that's available. True. Right. Uh, Valencia it, supposedly is starting at least the uh, yeah, beginning of Darmian, the season instead of be- Darmian. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, Manchester United, to me, I actually feel, especially, they, they, I think what they did is they saw Chelsea last year and they said, what do Chelsea do better than everybody? And it's the central of midfield. Mm-hmm. Modic particularly. And I think they just threw a bunch of darts at central midfielders that could be like Modic. Yep. Because the, Chelsea's the only one is is the only ones that's got one in the Premier League, uh, and they they I mean Bastian Schweinsteiger, Morgan Schneiderlin, uh, they still have Mar- Carrick, Michael Carrick, Mar- Daily Blind, Maron Fellaini. They're all fighting for the same spot basically, and or the same two or three spots, and I think they're just going to try to dominate people in the middle in the central of midfield. And I got to be honest, in this matchup against Spurs at home, I think they're going to do it. Uh, I would feel comfortable starting Manchester United defensive options this week. Wow. I feel like there are enough lopsided ones that I'll I'll stay away from them. But um, Kevin Egan over at 120 Sports went to the PSG Man U uh, International Champions Cup match at um, in Chicago. And he made some comment that United looks like they're like a bunch of strangers playing with each other. And my response was, they are. Like, these guys have no idea who each other are. And... I think that's that comes up particularly problematic in defense, that Smalling and Jones know each other, and after that it's like a bunch of guys in front of them that they don't know how they play, and they haven't been with each other that long, and you could absolutely see a miscommunication leading to a goal, and Harry Kane is such a great poacher yeah. that I think I have very little I, confidence. Yeah. I just can't think of Harry Kane without thinking of Men in Blazers nickname for him, Sir Harry of Kane. Yeah. And it's also don't <laughs> yeah, forget this he is just his, goes charging in. This is his tryout, so let's not, you know, he's this, this, get, it's sorry, Manchester United keep at bidding Trafford, for him. At yeah. Old Trafford, so let's uh I'm I'm staying away from all Man United back and we'll note that De Gea is out. Um, yeah. Louis Van Hall said that he's just not mentally prepared to play because he keeps whining about uh, Real Madrid. Yeah, someone, someone is angry at somebody else. Yeah, and, exactly. And so we're ta- going to see. He, he, he's, ta- he's taking the ball away from right. Right, the hand literally. So we're going to see either Sergio Romero or Sam Johnstone in goal. Johnstone played mostly during this summer tour of the States that they had because De Gea was kind of whining about everything. So I don't know. I don't know. You're, if you play the defensive options there, you're, you're depending on Sam Johnstone coming up big on Christian Eriksen and Harry Kane. Yeah, I feel like more of the midfield will small, it will not even let up that many chances. Okay, yeah, I, that, that's why they bought them. So yeah. we'll see. I think Schweinsteiger is going to be out too. But uh, you know, Carrick and and um, Blind, Fellaini, or Schneiderlin are pretty good. Yes. Yeah, exactly. They, they, it's a litany of choice. Yep. They're, they're they're spoiled for choice in the central midfield now. Yep. I also think Manchester United are going to really focus on the league. I, I, just, I just think that Louis Van Hall knows that he needs to hit the ground running this season or yeah. else he may not even find himself with a job. Yeah, They've so, got Champions League coming up in two weeks. Yeah, that's right. Three weeks. So. Right. They got Club Bruges. Yeah. So 
uh, they'll, they'll have fun with all of that. But let's move on here to uh, the Cinderella team of the Premier League, Burnmouth, the team that is going to have a nice NBC Sports movie made, uh, made on them, similar to Southampton Way from last year. Which was uh, it's a really great story, Burnmouth. Uh, they were in financial pro- uh, trouble, uh, almost folded as a, as a team in general six years ago. And they were in, I believe, was, uh, you know, the fourth division. So yep. in six years, they've been promoted four times. And their That's, coach is like 19 years old. Their co- and their coach was the guy that started it all. He's the one who actually – he used to play for Burnmouth and now he's the coach of Burnmouth. He's 37. Ever since the, that, yeah. Sorry? I said he's 37. He's not really – Although he looks like he's about nineteen, yeah, he was thirty-one when he took over the team, yeah. and it's it's really an amazing thing. And they play in a stadium that houses fewer than twelve thousand people, mm-hmm. so that's that, that's the equivalent of a high school football game in Texas, if you think about it. Yeah, it's so cool. it's a really cool story, uh, uh, and they play against Aston Villa, who we'll probably talk about after this when we do our predictions, uh, or at least I'm going to talk about them, but. We're, I actually feel that Bournemouth are going to get the three points here, and I'd, I'd feel comfortable starting almost every Bournemouth, Bournemouth option. I even ranked Archer Boric the goal. So did I. <laughs> so, I think I was higher. Yeah, yeah. I, it worried me because you know it's a promoted team playing in their first Premier League game ever at home, and then I was like, they're playing at home, and I'm of all nineteen Premier League teams they could be playing, I think this is the best one for the first game for both getting three points and for fantasy purposes that Villa without Benteke and without uh, Fabian Delft, Delft didn't really play that much last year from injuries, but those are two really big, I mean, Delft was captain. So uh, they lost their captain and their by far best goal scorer. They did. They added Micah Richards who you like defensively, but they didn't really do much else from there. Uh, you know, they've added a few bits and pieces, Jordan Ayu and... Everyone um, got an Ayu. Yeah, uh, Rudy Gestad. Uh, Rudy Gestad. Or Gestad, Rudy Gestad yeah. or I don't know how it's pronounced yet. We'll, we'll I, find I, out the, the English yep, likely I, wrong I, I, I'm, I'm in early season form on my pronunciations. Yeah, but I, I will get that because I also picked Gestad or Gestad yeah. up in EFSA. I dropped Emmanuel Adebayor, who I thought was going to be on Who was supposed to be at Aston right. So, But uh, I think this is... Lining up perfectly for Burnmouth. Uh, Callum Wilson and Matt Ritchie, I think we're all going to get a nice, great look at the two of them. And, yeah, they're, they're fullbacks, Francis and Mings. Well, uh, is Mings going to play? You were mentioning I was going to say, yeah. D- um, their record signing. Yeah. Yeah, you would think that, uh, you know, a record, what was it, Charlie Daniels, I think? Um, Charlie Daniels had a famous band. <laughs> I think it's a different one. Okay, but we'll see. Uh, you know, who uh, whoever lines up outside for Burnmouth, I was willing to take in yeah, any Chris, daily Chris, game. Yeah, so. and Chris, possibly Christian Atsu if he's playing. Yep, yep. So they've got some really exciting um, players. Uh, I think the line on Richie was 15 goals and 17 assists last year. They obviously play more games, but that's still an absurd total for 60 games. Um, Wilson had 20 goals, so there, there's a lot to like, and I just think Aston Villa are going to really struggle all year, and so they will is, be in that relegation battle again for sure. Uh, there are not a ton of teams that you'll take a promoted side against, or you'll take a promoted side. Um, you know, 
usually ever, but week one, and this is absolutely it. Yeah. If, if, if I know one thing is that the heir to the throne will talk to the script makers of the, <laughs> the Premier League, tell make sure it doesn't happen. Make sure that <laughs> that, the, that the royal team of Aston Villa stays up. Fair enough. All right. Uh, on that note, though, we will move on to another promoted side, Watford, traveling to Goodison Park against Everton. Everton, who really are the only team that hasn't you know, gotten a big name player with this new influx of TV money. They're kind of, you know, standing pat on their, on their roster from last season. Jerry yeah. D coming in, Tom cleverly coming in, but that's it of the marquee guys that came in. Uh, do you feel that, I mean, Watford have brought in like, you know, 10 new players. Uh, and do you feel that there's, there's definitely a mismatch of style of the off season here. And do you think that there's one that plays out here? Well, it was just weird to me how quiet Everton's been because they they had a horrible season last year. Like from what they did two seasons ago, they completely regressed. And we saw no growth from Ross Barkley. Morales took a back seat. And now I'm reading that Morales is going to sign a five-year extension. I'm not sure why. I mean, hopefully they're just locking him up to move him because they're... Raising know, the price. Yeah, he doesn't seem to fit well with uh, Martinez's style. So uh, defensively... Uh, this John Stones talk, uh, Chelsea's been throwing money at Everton and they keep pushing it back. Yep. Um, mostly, I think the, the biggest issue that Everton has, which I guess we're, is starting to evaporate a little bit with all of the money that we're seeing with, you know, kind of bigger name players going to other teams uh, in the Premier League. But it's just not a place where players, big players want to go. And that's why they had to kind of, at least I thought they overpaid for Lukaku last year, but, but they had to, you know, he was comfortable at the club and, you know, if you can get a player of his caliber there, you have to do it. But I'm not sure, I'm not sure that there are, you know, guys in other leagues that are saying, yeah, I want to go play for Everton. So here's a, here's a, uh, a fantasy question, you know, let's say uh, that, that we'll definitely ask again, you know, when we expose our Mondo goal teams later in our daily dose, but for a weekly format, who would you feel more comfortable starting? The really budget options of the Watford defense or Everton defense? I, I'm scared enough of Lukaku that I would I would take the Everton defense. Um, that being said, I don't I don't like either side. <laughs> I think there are goals on both sides here, uh, and so. Defensively, I'll I'll stick to other games. I will. I will, I'm, I, I think there are multiple. I think there are multiple goals. Goals on each side. And I, I'm actually going for the draw. I'm thinking something like two 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 two. Yeah. Yeah. So I think in the promoted side, so we're actually going to do pretty well this week. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on to the next matchup. Here we have Leicester. Uh, last season's feel good story at the end of the season, staying up in the league, play at home against Sunderland, a team who I thought would be going down, and actually both teams are probably going to be in the relegation fight again this season. Not much fantasy goodness here. Is that is basically is that is that the sense you get? Well, I don't have any confidence in their defenses. So you're, I do think that there are goals here, just because they're so poor defensively, both sides. But kind of nailing it down, who the guys are. I really like uh, Jermaine Lenz from Sunderland. I think he can make an impact. But on the Leicester side, I feel like they made that magical run, and there wasn't a single guy that did it. You know, it was like Vardy and Uchoa and. All Brighton and I'm missing somebody. They now have Shinji Okazaki, who's really good. So Andre Kamaric, who they have. Kamaric, yeah. Too. 
there's just a lot of there's there are too many options and, and they and they lost Esteban Cambiaso. Yep. yep. Yeah, and just, Nigel Pearson. And Pe- well, yeah. So we'll see how that works. Sunderland, you know, if you if you think they're going to score, you'll probably go with Jermaine Defoe. I do all all I can to keep Jermaine Defoe away from any of my fantasy teams. So I don't know. The sure that has nothing to do with the fact that he was a, f- a former Spurs player and you are a nothing. Top, nothing to uh, do with it. Yeah, nothing to do with it. But yeah, I I I'm staying away from this game completely. I don't know who's going to score, and I. I think, I, think the, goals, yeah, so. I think the best option here is Costal Pantilamon, the goalie from uh, Sunderland. Maybe. However, he's on the road, and I tend to not want to take goalies that are on the road. Yeah. I think Schmeichel is just is equal to Pantilamon. Uh, I think this game could probably could be 1-1, and so you'll miss out on your clean sheet on both of them, but you'll get your one goal allowed in certain formats. Yeah, but uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, there's, there's not too much to talk about this game, so let's move on. Yeah. Uh, so we have the last of the promoted sides here, Norwich at home against my favorite up and coming team from South London, Crystal <laughs> Palace. Crystal Palace, by the way, who added, who got stronger in the offseason, they got Johan Kabai. Uh, I think he was a bona fide star at, uh, at Crystal Palace, and that's a big get. And I think that's going to unlock the abilities of all the other midfielders that play and whoever is playing striker. It was a. I think it's a very big get for Crystal Palace. Yeah, I, I'm not sure he would be considered a big get. We talked. Well, we talked <laughs> about this on Twitter yesterday. Yes. Um, you don't think he would play for any of the top four teams, and I think he'd play for almost every single one of them that's contending for the top four, except for Chelsea. Uh, that's correct. That was our conversation. I uh, chatted with uh, Jamie Hinks, who's one of our writers too. He's a legitimate Palace supporter, and. As opposed to all the illegitimate Palace supporters? Well, I'd, uh, yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Bandwagoners like yourself. He, he's a... Yeah, I'm a, true, I'm a true Crystal Palace supporter. That's right. So, <laughs> yeah, he uh, definitely kind of... He made the argument that uh, he may be able to play at, at Man City, kind of like you did, that he would play over Delph and either of the Fernands. And um, that's Fernando and Fernandinho for right. those counting at home. Right. right. I, I made the argument that there's no way he plays at Arsenal only because uh, the only guy I think that he would possibly play over is Cazorla. And I, I just wouldn't. Cazorla is such the perfect Arsene Wenger player that I don't think Kabai, I don't think that's an upgrade for system wise. Yeah. Um, and Man United, I'm not sure who he would play. I, I would take. Um, Mata over him in a second, and I don't think he plays over. I think know, if you move I him back, I, I don't think he plays over Schneiderlin or he's, Carrick. Well, he's definitely no. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think he's someone Louis Van Gaal would actually really like to have in central midfield. Maybe uh, I, the, I, he 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 go he goes box to box. That's what he's looking for. Yeah, but re, uh, regardless of that, st- are you starting all your Crystal Palace options, including goalkeepers, in this matchup? Um. Or yeah. am I spoiling something for our, our? No, you're not. You're not spoiling anything. That uh, Crystal Palace have, are, are terrible defensively. Like they can score, but they're not going to shut teams out. They're on the road at Norwich, which um, you know Norwich was horrific the last time they were in the Premier League two years ago. But they bounced back, obviously, because they're now back in the Premier League. But no, I, I think they've got enough pieces to slip one by your boy Wayne Hennessy. So. No, I'm I'm actually staying away from Crystal Palace defense. 
again, they're they're better matchups too. So you think so you think Norwich can score a goal here? Yeah, I do. So it would it be like a Nathan Redmond or a Cameron Jerome yep, type deal? Yep. Those are the two guys you have to focus on. Yeah. All right. I don't think I, I, I don't think Gary I don't think Gary Nor or Robbie Brady, my favorite from could be hey, Brady's legit. So yeah, they paid a decent amount of money for him. Yeah, they sure. Did. But uh, and Graham Dorans has been there, done that for Norwich. So um, you know, I don't think Norwich have enough goals in them. I think it's actually a Crystal Palace all the way. That's just, and I think Alan Pardew is going to focus to keep that team tight defensively because he knows he has the offensive talent to score. Yeah. But we'll move on to the champions of last season, Chelsea at home. Against Swansea, I think this is going to be a really underrated matchup. This is not a slam dunk by any means. And this is now in the 1230 uh, spot. So Not the easiest uh, first game after winning. It's it's a very tricky matchup, and Swansea always does well at the beginning of the season. It's the end of the season when they've figured out that they will – you know they may get Euro- they may get Euro- uh, Europa, but they might- they probably won't get Champions League. Yeah, and they know they're not getting relegated. And they put the flip flops on. That's when you want to play Swansea. They were pretty good at the end of last season. Yeah. They yeah. went on a little run after they got rid of Boney. In fact, they may have been better without him. But yeah, it's a it's a very tough matchup um, with the way That's- that Sigurdsson on his free kicks can score. Like they, they're they're dangerous. They have. Uh, they, they, have Gomi, they have Gomi, they have they have Ed Air coming in now, yeah. they have IU on the IU, outside, yeah. uh, along with Dyer and Montero, and it, it, there's just a lot of options. Yeah. I And Key So Young, don't forget about yeah, Key. Yeah, Key had a great season last year. Or what about my boy John Joe Shelby? He doesn't get the... Uh... No, John Joe. Yeah. <laughs> John, the only thing that John Joe may do in this game is get a red card. Yeah. But they got better defensively. That is your uh, favorite Frank Tabano. Oh yes, um, that's right. Uh, I think he's got a good he's got a good foot on him too. He can, yeah. he can take some free kicks too. Yeah, they've got a lot of nice pieces. That being said, you know Chelsea are kind of stumbling a little bit into this season. They're not not that you want to read too much in a preseason, but they're not scoring a whole lot in the preseason. And I still am avoiding all Swansea players. I just I, I yeah I'm staying away from this matchup altogether unless your name is Eden Hazard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I drafted Diego Costa, but that was for a season-long league. Yeah. Right? But, but you know, I, in a Mondo goal format for this weekend, I'm 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 staying away. Yeah. I just I I can't. I get it. I, I just can't. Uh, teams uh, options you'll probably not stay away from are Arsenal. I actually uh, we'll we'll get to this later when we go through our predictions for the season. But uh, I'm I'm up on Arsenal this season. I think Peter Cech is going to be. The best thing to happen to them since Thierry Henry. This is their and best shot. This he, is it. I think so. Uh, so it's Arsenal. They're, they're, they're starting their title mount at home against West Ham, a London derby to start things off. West Ham, who also added one of my favorite new additions to the Premier League in Dimitri Payet. Yeah. Uh, just oh, everyone. Uh, West Ham. I told. I said it to everyone last uh, before the offseason started that West Ham. This is the season before they get the new stadium, mm-hmm. and they got TV money this year. So West Ham gets TV money this year and new stadium money next year. They're a team to watch. I with completely that, agree. With that in mind, what do you think of their fantasy prospects <laughs> this week against that Arsenal goalkeeper and defense? Well, they just fell out of Europa, uh, which is. You know, nice to get it out of the way before the season even starts. (laughs) Um, I'm sure they're really bummed. Yeah. So the 
I'm staying away from any West Ham. I think Arsenal, I think they are playing well now. Um, you know, they had that exhibition win over Chelsea last week in the Community Shield. They, I think they realize that this is this, this is the year, and it's a statement. You know, if you start off big, that's a big statement. And so I think... Peter Cech is one of the most owned goalkeepers. Uh, would you use him? Yeah, I, I have no problem with it. I there for daily. I mean, we talk about Mondo goal. He's much more expensive than the guy I took, but I certainly couldn't fault anybody for going with Czech. Yeah. All right, now let's go. Let's go. These are two interesting teams that I think are going to swing in opposite directions this season. Newcastle are at home uh, against Southampton. Newcastle new manager Steve McLaren's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Southampton, they just keep losing all their best players. Um, Does it matter? It hasn't, <laughs> it, it hasn't yet, but I do yeah. think that Newcastle are going to be a team that really swings up, you know, contends for Europa this season. Wow. I hated them last season. Yeah. And Southampton, I just – the magic has to run out. You can't just keep losing your best players. Well, they're not – I mean, they're – well, they're more selling fair. them. They're they're getting value for it. It's not like these guys are just walking away for free. I understand, but it, how, how many times can you be a hundred percent correct on your replacement? <laughs> uh, they weren't a hundred percent. The Danny Osvaldo signing was an absolute disaster. Yeah, but Graziano Pele wasn't. Yeah, Pele worked out. Tadic worked out. Um, even Elia for that few months worked out. Uh, Mane. Yeah, and like I said, their record is closer to 100% than it is to 50. Yep. I just, unless they know something everybody else in the world does not, which is possible, I just don't think it's probable, <laughs> that they have to take the downswing at some point I mean, yeah. and be one of those mid-table, lower mid-table sides, and I think it's this season. I mean, I don't think, I don't think they're getting relegated by any means, but I just don't think that they're going to you know, be in that you know, contending for fifth place type deal anymore. Yeah. That's I think Newcastle can be. Because, I mean, they added Mitrovic. They added Wijnaldum, who looks fantastic. Yep. Steve McLaren has, you know, a, a checkered pass with Darby. But, you know, he got Darby close all yep, the time. sure did. So it, it's not that he doesn't know how to get a team to perform well. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm still very much a believer in Southampton. Gotcha. I, right, I would uh, happily make that Southampton-West Ham bet again. <laughs> thank you. Now, um... For this game, though, this particular game, I'm staying. I'm. I mean, if it's a day, if it's a daily format like model goal, I'm staying away. I had no. No, I'm. I've got plenty of uh, red and white stripes on my team. I guess we'll talk about that when we get to our model yeah, goal I, team. I think so. So let. So we'll save that one for our daily dose uh, in terms of what you think about it. But let's go to Stoke, like everyone from Barcelona, Stoke Alona, <laughs> like uh, at home against Liverpool. Um, I mean, Liverpool have gotten have had have gotten so many new players. I can't even list them all. Firmino, Milner. Uh, I'll just stop there. there there's like eight more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Christian Benteke. Yeah, Christian Benteke is kind of a big deal. Uh, Stoke have gotten Ibrahim. Affle- Basically, if you, if you were used to be good and young at Barcelona, you're on Stoke now. Yep. Ibrahim Affle is there. Boyan is back. Uh, Boyan Kirky, but. <laughs> <laughs> they'll never get old um but yes Boyan and it basically do you think that Stoke have enough to repel the Liverpool attack and and vice versa well the game's at Stoke which I feel like if you're gonna play at Stoke now is 
the best time to do it. You don't want to play there in November and December and basically through the end of the season after that. But uh, Liverpool kind of has the same or a similar issue of, of Man U that they just have a lot of new players that, uh, you know, I guess they've played preseason together, so that helps. But I think Milner... Um, could have a really big season in, in there. You know he's going to play. I think he, that was essentially the reason he left uh, Man City is that he he wanted a kind of a guaranteed spot in the starting lineup and didn't get it, and so he found a big club where he could. And I think it's a great uh, situation. You know, I I think he and uh, I'm really hoping Jordan I starts um, yeah. basically in that Raheem Sterling role that's that's left over. Sturridge will be back uh, maybe at some point in his life. Um, but I think the Benteke signing was great. Nathaniel Klein, I think, was a great one. So I think all of these guys, I have no problem taking the attacking guys. I, I still hesitate on any of the the defensive options, regardless yeah. of the matchup, because yeah. I just so, think Mignolet stinks. A boost, well, yeah, he stinks. So he was second in Golden Glove last season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I Liverpool forward options are my favorite of the week, because not only, you know... It, Ryan Shawcross is very important to Stoke. He's yes. their captain. He's their leader. He 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 play. He he looks it on the pitch that he's their leader, and he is it in the locker room as well. He's out for two to three months. Yeah. Um, that's a that's just that's just a, a too big a hole for any one person to fill, and they don't have the depth to really, you know, next man up it. So yeah. this one could get ugly. I think Liverpool is going to win like three four one. Yeah. Like wow. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Benteke and Firmino are both uh, kind of questionable for match you, fitness, which yeah, means I'm yeah. guessing they'll certainly be on the bench. They're, they're not going to miss. You, have, you have to think that Christian Benteke is going to do everything he possibly can to put to get his debut against a Ryan Shawcross less. Yeah, Stoke. He can just. He's just. A, I mean, he's a Christian Benteke is a, a, a mismatch for anybody. Yes, but especially for a Stoke team that's not really known for being gritty without Ryan Shawcross. Right. And Tony, and Tony Pulis, for that matter. But yeah. anyway, let's get to the last game of the of the weekend slate. Actually, this is on that, the weekday, the Monday night football. We have West Brom, Tony Pulis, perfect segue, uh, at home against Manchester City. It's another one of those instances where you have 100% defense against 100% offense. <laughs> yeah. Which one wins in this case? The... Tony Pulis uh, last year had like a few good results against big teams, and then they would get like spanked by Stoke, for example. So uh, it's a weird matchup, but I ultimately side very much on the Man City side. That um, even without Aguero, uh, well, Aguero's if let's just say even let's say Aguero doesn't start. Yeah, even without him, because Boney, I think, is just as well. I I think he's a a very good fantasy option as well. So uh, I think. Uh, he can definitely score, and the there are few instances where I go against West Brom at home, and Manchester City is one of them. All right. On that note, let's get to our daily dose mm-hmm. with our new friends at Mondo Goal. No, we're old friends. We're just uh... we're new official friends. That's right. <laughs> but uh, no, Mondo Goal has a great a uh, great deal coming up with us, don't they, Andrew? Yeah, we're we're doing a whole bunch of stuff with them. We'll have a weekly uh, article with them every week. They're obviously uh, helping us out with this podcast, and uh, we play there anyway. So it's not like this is kind of some new thing for us. They've got some great 
uh, enhancements on the site now. The, the best one is this My Lineups page where uh, you can see all of your lineups in a single place for all of the games. Once yeah. you make a lineup, you can click through and add add it to another number of different contests. I mean, they've, they've made multi-entry so much easier, uh, which is, you know, just great to see because... Yeah, for people who play daily, that's very important. Yeah. Uh, especially, especially if you're making last minute. So where this is really going to be really helpful is when you get your lineups posted, which is an hour and a half before. So now instead of having to go through, you know, if you have six, you know, six lineups, instead of having to change the page all the time, and going from one line to another to another to make all the changes that you need to make, you can just have it on one screen, just click through, boom, 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 done. Yeah, I don't think, I don't know if it's official or not, but they were talking about how Late Swap is going to be one of their um, additions, which is something that we don't really see on on many sites in any sport, uh, which is kind of interesting. But uh, for right now, the lineup's a lock, but the big contest, contest they have this weekend is uh, on the Pound Sterling side. Uh, which is another kind of interesting tidbit for that Mondo Gold has, and that. So you mean that there's a specific portion of Mondo Gold dedicated <laughs> to just absolutely pummeling Raheem Sterling? What do you mean pummeling Raheem Sterling? Pound Sterling. Oh. Oh, there. never mind. Sorry, that was. It's wow. preseason form for the jokes too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Anyway, so you can play in, in for our Mr. U.S. Mr. listeners. We're accountant over there. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know if this applies for the for our UK listeners, but at least for the American listeners, we can um, we can play in US dollars or pound sterling. So you can just go in the top right. There's a little drop down that uh, on your balance you can just switch it over, and that's where their big contests are this weekend. Um, big, yeah. They the top one they have is a ten thousand pound um, GPP. It's going two thousand pounds for the for first place, which is a pretty big. Uh, payoff and so you can do both which is kind of fun because uh, you know they have a few free rolls also to, to get your bankroll with with uh, some pounds sterling if you don't want to make the deposit even so uh, click over there they got a ton of games um, and we, we, we have a deal going on with with the deposits though don't we if you want to make a deposit thank you very much yeah if you enter promo code roto when you sign up all first time uh, users get a 200 percent uh, deposit bonus which that's a so lot that of money. Means, yeah, that means if you put in 100 pounds, Mondelgold will put in 200 pounds. That's correct. That gives you a total of 300 pounds. That would be 300. 300 pounds sterling. Sterling, right. Right. Not Raheem Sterling's pound sterling. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, that's all the stuff. Uh, we're pretty excited about it. Uh, and, you know, Mondelgold in week one. Why? Who's not excited? Yeah. And with that, let's get to our Mondelgold teams, right? Yeah. Now that you know the site inside and out, let's get to our teams inside and out. I, as usual, spend absolutely no money on goalkeepers and defense. I always make sure that I play 3-4-3, and not always. I'm I'm, I'm trying not to be as dogmatic this year, but this week I still am. But I have marked... There there are definitely instances where you... You know, there are certain... uh, because they have Saturday and Sunday matchups, and so like Saturday or Sunday with only three games, or I guess there are four games, but with the question marks be- behind uh, Aguero and No Alexis, that there are definitely instances where you could. I would never play more than three defenders, but you could certainly play like a three-five-two. There are still yeah, but there are still so many forwards all throughout the list. Anyway, let's get to the lineups. 
I have Martin Stecklenberg and goal at 4.4 million pounds. So 4.4% of the budget, which is great. I have Matthew Target, who is going to start week one for Southampton with Ryan Bertrand out. So he's at 5.9. I'm surprised he's that low. Uh, Simon Francis at Bournemouth, 5.5. And Eunice Kabul, the new signing. He's going to be the one who's going to be trying to fill the shoes uh, over at home, as I over at Sunderland. So it's a good matchup for me, even though they're on the road. Uh, Leicester, to me, is not scary offensively. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at 5.3, I'm willing to take the chance. And Eunice Kabul is actually really good in the air, so he may get a goal. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I have three of those four. Uh, Stecklenburg is just way too cheap at 4-4. They basically still have him priced as a backup. Uh, obviously, uh, Fraser Forster's out for m- most of the season with his knee injury, so Stecklenburg on loan from Fulham. Uh, will take over. A nice jump up in class. Yeah, I'd say so. He was at Monaco last year, although he didn't even start by by the end. But he's he's been starting so far for Southampton's first team. So he's definitely at target. Like you said, 5-9 is a pretty easy one. I uh, went even higher. for. Uh, I paid 6-6 six, six for Cedric Soares, Soares, excuse me, who just goes by Cedric. Um, he took over for Nathaniel Klein, so I like that. Uh, I, I'm not as... Um, Impre- or not that I'm not impressed with Newcastle's change, but I think I like Southampton at least with these prices. Uh, that I'll take them. I, I I'm in your boat that I don't like to overpay for, or not even I don't like to pay much at all for um, defenders. So I'll happily pay five five for Simon Francis instead of ten one for Leighton Baines. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'll move into the midfield. Please do. Um, I'm going to stick with Burnmouth with Matt Ritchie at 6.9. The other cheap midfielder I have is still in the Southampton match. I took Dusan Tadic at 7.5. Tadic last year was excellent at the beginning and then kind of lost his starting spot. He's taking penalties for them now, which is always a plus for me. And I remember one time last year I made this comment on Mondo Goal that Tadic was well underpriced, and I don't think he scored again for like eight or nine weeks, so yeah, maybe they nailed that one. How does, how does it feel to, to have a, 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 a kiss of death, if you will? Yeah, uh, so hopefully that was just a one-time thing. But <laughs> And then I paid up for two midfielders. I paid 13-5 for Mesut Ozil and 17-6 for Eden Hazard, most expensive player in the game. Yep, I picked Eden Hazard 17.6. was not afraid because yeah. I was able to find the value in defense. Yeah, you're basically building a lineup. You're, oh, you're plugging he, him in and then building your lineup. Yeah, Eden Hazard was written in pen. Yeah. So, uh, so J- I have James Milner at eight point three, uh, Eden Hazard seventeen six, David Silva at thirteen five, and I'm now going to be able to pronounce his first name, but Wijnaldum at Newcastle. It's not Jorginho. Uh, yeah, sure. Jorginho. It's almost, it's almost Brazilian. Yeah, fine. Jorginho Wijnaldum. Uh, I, I can't have a Dutch accent yet, but uh, it's at, at seven point five million. So, uh, why this, you, he, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Why do you like Silva over Ozil? Because uh, of the same price. I just do. Okay. I, I mean, it's, did you see David Silva play last year? Yeah. 
Yeah. Did you see his production last season? Well, you were the one who brought up West Brom at home, so I know, and obviously, I feel that the offense is going to win. I'm okay. just saying. All right, just checking. Stay, stay tuned to what you what I also feel how offense is going to win too. Because in the forwards, if you'd like, uh, I also have Raheem Sterling, who I can't believe I have, mm-hmm. but 10.5 million is a good value. Uh, it's I don't think he'll get lower than that at any point this season. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that one. So, uh, so I have Raheem Sterling at ten point five, Benteke at nine point six, which is absolutely ridiculous if he plays, and then uh, Wayne Rooney at eleven five. Mm. Uh, I it's a very Manchester filled forward. I'd say so. I have Rooney at eleven five as well. I have Benteke at nine six as well, and. I spent 10-9 on Diego Costa, who I'm hoping to find out in a few hours is going to play. Me but too. If, but if he doesn't, <laughs> uh, I was actually, instead of slotting down to Raheem Sterling at 10-5, I was thinking of going with Theo Walcott at 10-5 because uh, with Alexis Sanchez um, sitting for one more week, I think I think he actually has a little more upside than, than Sterling against West Brom. Gotcha. All right. That was our daily dose, our first one of the season. Hopefully it's profitable for everybody who follows our lineup advice. We did pretty well last season. So I, just, I recommend you guys do that. <laughs> um, but if not, whatever. Here's our predictions for the season. We were very bad last year. Actually, I was pretty good in the midseason adjustment with the relegated teams. because I, I, I predicted that Leicester would not be relegated. However, I did think that Sunderland would be and I was so close mm, I was so cl- I was so week, close game week 37 they I was so close I was so close <laughs> anyway let's get to our let's you know let's talk about relegation let's get let's get the negativity out of the way we'll end on positive notes mm-hmm. so uh you're relegated three I think uh Norwich will definitely go back down I I'm going to say Aston Villa I I'm just it's been a while since a very big name yeah. club has gone down. And and as you said, there's just one little phone call from somebody very important to the <laughs> script make script writers and they'll they'll stay up, but I just don't see I don't see enough out of them to to really warrant staying up. And the other one is Sunderland. I think they're wow. actually two big clubs that are going to go two down. Two big clubs. Yeah. And I think they'll be back in a year, but I I think both of them are going to have a reset. So because I don't like either of them. Yeah. So I have Norwich definitely going down. Uh, Norwich seemed to me like Burnley of last season, except totally. with, except without the romance of being a really really small club. Yep. And God, those those kits are so ugly. Oh man. Hard they're on tough. the eyes. They're tough. They're, they're really they're really difficult on the eyes. Um. Oh, I'm still thinking about it. Okay. Norwich. Uh, speaking of difficult on the eye kits, Watford. Yeah. Because just too many new players. I mean, they're, they're projected to start 10 new players from last season. I have them basically one point away. Yeah. Not, it, not, it, not that I think they're going to avoid I, relegation. I, I love Troy Deeney. Fight. Yep. I love Troy Deeney. Yep. I just want to say that twice. Igalo is like, pretty uh, good, too. And Viger is good, too. Yep. Uh, it's, it's hard to play with strangers. It's it's hard for especially in this gr- the grind of Manchester United season. and the Premier League season this this year. It is going to be really difficult. I mean, the middle of the pack is going to be so much better than it was last season. 
Yep. Considering that you know Palace got Kabai, Newcastle got significantly better. Basically, if your name's not Everton, you got a player that you really like. Yep. But on that note, a player that uh, a team that didn't get any players that I really like, it's Leicester. Wow. I I, I don't like. I didn't like the way Nigel Pearson was sacked for one. Claudio Ranieri, you know, I like that his nickname's the Tinker Man, but it's not doing anything might, for me. Yeah, it might not be the best man for the job. Yeah, and the, if their goal was to try to get Esteban Cambiaso back with his former manager, it failed miserably. Yep. Rather quickly, in fact. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just Cambiaso was the heart and soul, too, of that charge up to the, up the Premier League table at the end of the season. He, was, he showed some real leadership. Yeah. And I don't know where they're going to get it from with Pearson gone and, and Cambiasso gone. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And yeah, so my three are Norwich, Watford, Leicester. Although Aston Villa definitely in contention for me. Um, I think Sunderland, they're there, but I don't think they're going to be serious relegation candidates to me. Jermaine Lenz was a great signing. Yeah. I think he's really going to help. All right, enough negativity. Let's go to the positive side. Your top four in reverse order. Uh, okay, reverse order is Manchester United. I'm actually, yeah, Manchester United. I think they finished just ahead of Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly on like goal differential. Man City, Chelsea, and Arsenal. And I have- hate myself for saying that. So mine's very similar. I have Manchester City finishing fourth. I have Manchester United finishing third. Yeah, I mean, I think they're pretty interchangeable. But uh, so here, so here's the basically the way that I predict the Premier League season. The top of the table is like a game of Yahtzee. You know, you have five dice and you can roll them out and whatever. You, those five dice are going to appear every time. Yeah. So those five dice to me are. Um, you know, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, Chelsea, Arsenal. You don't it's think Spurs is in that conversation? Not even close. Okay. Um, I agree. And for me... You called them top four contenders yesterday, just so you know. I know they're contenders, but... Oh, my God, you're killing me. Do you it's think they a, finish uh, sixth? I think they finish sixth, okay. but you know, they, 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 I don't consider them top four contenders, but... The mass consensus is that they're top four contenders. Okay. Anyway, back to my top four. Manchester City in four. Manchester United at three. Chelsea at two. Arsenal at one. And I just want to throw another caveat in there. It would not surprise me if Chelsea don't finish in the top four. Oh, that's ridiculous. I, 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 that's ridiculous. I don't think so. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I'll say – it's, it's the one – here's the one reason. They don't rotate. Okay. They don't rotate the squad, and they're not going to do it again this season. That's a lot of soccer. Yeah, yeah. And we already there are already injuries propping up to. Uh, there's already injury propping up to Dio Costa with his hamstring, which he's had for a while. You got Falcao. Great, and <laughs> and in Hazard, he's he gets hit a lot. Uh, at some point, at some point, he may break. It worries me every single time that he has the ball that someone's just going to kick at his knee and, and break his leg. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I mean, call me a pessimist, but that's just it just wouldn't surprise me is all. Okay, okay. I think you're I, crazy. I'm fine. Not the first time. Now, 
um, lots of positivity in that in my top four. Apparently, now Golden Glove winner for you, most clean sheets. Check. Check. I think so too. I, th- I think that's the easiest one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's golden cop out response, but yeah, Golden Boot. Aguero. Rooney. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rooney, because who else is there? Really? As no, as a, as a out and out striker. Well, people can score not just being out and out strikers. But my, he, I mean, la, the last time he played as an out and out striker, he scored. Yeah. Twenty seven. It was a while ago, though. I'm aware, but he's done it. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of talk like he's 25 and hasn't played as many games as he has over the years. Well, if he also takes the penalties, that'll help. Mm-hmm. Which I, we all think he will, right? We think. Only takes one miss, though. Back of the line. All right. And on that note, we will end the first regular season edition version of the, oh, sorry, 2015-16 regular season edition of the Fantasy Soccer Podcast presented by Bombergold. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash